Hey family, you're tuning in to the Jimmy Bonds podcast on Philadelphia Radio. Pardon any technical difficulties as we are recording live on the Zoom platform. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Jimmy! Lights, camera, action. Some people thought I quit and I ain't giving satisfaction. From a different era, writing rhymes up on napkins. What you had to say was more important, man, than traffic. Yeah, I'm talking back to What's good, family? And welcome to another episode of Jimmy Bonds Podcast from Philadelphia Radio. This episode is sponsored by Major Flavor Catering. I'm your host, Jimmy Bonds, along with my co-host, Ty T.Y. What's good, Ty? How you feeling? All good in the neighborhood, live from the 215. You know how we do. You know how we do, live from the 215. And you know, I can't forget my other co-host, lovely Miss T with the T. She's not here with us today, but she's here with us in spirit, as always. Moving right along, family member, you can call us with your comments and questions at 844-844-1244. Again, it's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. That's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. Also, family member, you can follow us on, on Instagram at jimmybondspodcast, on Twitter at podcastbonds, and make sure you join our Facebook group, Jimmy Bonds Podcast Facebook group. Let's continue to open the dialogue. Well, family, on this episode, we are continuing our, our Artist Spotlight series. I like to really call this one the Red Devil Nation because my Red <laughs> Devil Nation is large. Everybody don't know who Red Devils are, but that, that's my high school mascot. So Red Devil Nation is large. Listen, family, on this episode, we got somebody joining us that's super special to me, to my family, to my crew, everybody I know. I've known this dude for about 30 years. And wow. we've been <laughs> we've been uh, probably more than that. But, you know, yeah. somebody called my brother. So. Yeah, Let's, let me give you some of his accolades. Let me give you some some stuff he's done. You don't have to do All right. this, Jack. He, he's, he's, the, he's the senior writer at Undefeated. He's been a commentator, or he is a commentator on Around the Horn and Outside the Lines on ESPN. He's on ESPN Radio. You've seen him on SportsCenter. He's done many pieces on E60 News Magazine. He was a regular at the WTOP radio station. He's a former editor of the Washington Post. That newspaper, yes, I was is. an editor at the Washington Post. He, okay. he, listen, he was, I was not the editor at, of the Washington let me get, Post. Let me, Don't listen, he, he's correcting me, he's correcting me, he's correcting me. But family, he's done many interviews with some of the biggest names in sports entertainment from John Morant, Kyler Murray, Mookie Betts, and of course, Childish Gambino, to name a few. He's smart, he's intelligent, he's intellectual, he's funny, he's opinionated, he's conscious, he's insightful, he's genuine, he's somebody I call my brother. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for my brother, Clinton Yates. What's up, see How you feeling? <laughs> my man, that's the nicest stuff anybody said about me, probably since the last time I was in high school. Ain't nobody say nothing nice to me in high school either, except see, for y'all. So see, yeah, that's listen, what's up, man. Thank listen, you. Thank you. Brother, thank you. I'm glad to be here, man. Uh, listen, we, we're glad to have you, man. See, we go back, dog. We go back. Way like, back. We go when back. People like tell brothers. you that people go back. No, nah, we go back. They be like, lying to each other. No, nah, no. Nah, they nah. don't know mm-hmm. what goes on. Mm-hmm. You got to sleep over at each other's houses in the mm-hmm. middle of the week. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So y'all can get to school the next day. For so sure. ain't nobody going broke over how to get on a train. People For don't sure. understand that. They people don't know think that. that go back means y'all took a summer class together nah. when you were 19. No, my guy. Nah. That's not how this works. Nah. Okay. But nah. ever since, back when the trains in DC did not tell you when they were coming. You Period. just had to sit on a and platform wait. and wait. They don't know about them days. They don't okay. know about them days. Now That's everything is all, it's all automated. You can look at your phone, look at the, look at the, the board, and you can see the metro. Look, look, we we from back in the day. That's what right? I'm talking about. Anyway. We from we we're from. I'm from the south side of D.C. He grew up in the north side of D.C. We are truly Washingtonians. 
Truly. That's what's going on. Truly. Okay. When it was Chocolate City, all right. You know, see, yeah, we, 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 shoot, we used to live together, bro. So you I got you know, all the mixtapes. Yeah, yep. listen, you got you got the, you got everything. <laughs> I don't gonna have to say anything that you understand, but you know, when, when we was kids, you were super, super opinionated, see. Super, super opinionated. And and as you see, I, I see now that's the way you are. So, you know, how does how does it feel to turn your opinions into a career? I'm glad you asked that because one of the things that we used to do for all the listeners is that, you know, listen, you go to basketball practice, you ride in the back of the bus, you got to be able to talk that talk. That's just how we entertained each other. Yeah. It's how we made each other smarter. Yeah. It's how we had fun, you know? And for me, you know, once I sort of realized that there was a path to be able to do that professionally and listen, it took me a lot. You know I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't like I just said, Oh yeah, I'm going to do this. No, 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 no. I knew that in order for people to take me seriously, and I'm glad you brought up the point about Washingtonians and our generation. I'm 40 this year. You know yeah, what I'm saying? And I'm so 41. So yeah. people always look at them wondering, oh, he's from D.C. Oh, he's from that. You know why you don't see that many brothers our age from D.C.? Because we didn't make it. Yeah, bro. You, took you know what I mean? And that's that's what it comes down to. Whether you got taken on the pres on the on penitentiary level or whether you lost your life, you know, that was very real. So for me, it was important to be able to learn and grow enough that if I did get to the point where I was doing more than just talking trash in the back of a bus, I really knew what I was talking about. No so at this stage to be able to, I mean, you know, to be able to represent what I feel is our generation, that, that means the world to me, man. You know what I'm saying? I come back home and cats got love. I go to the barbershop. I go all around. People are like, hey, yeah, it's a heard you on the radio. Hey, I saw you. Like, it's not yeah. cool because it's dope, dope to be right on TV. Nobody cares about that. No. What I care about is making sure that what I represent who we are. And I don't mean that in terms of I'm a real in, in this one. That's not about that. I just right, know what exactly. I've seen. You exactly. know what I'm saying? I know what I've seen. I know what I covered. I know who I know. And I know what people tell me. And I do the work. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. that's that's the thing I think a lot of people don't realize, man. I'm not just sitting up in here watching my TV. You know what I mean? I do that a lot. But I also be getting out here, you know, to these courts, you know, to these rinks to these ball fields, you know what I'm saying? And that's what it really comes down to. I think a lot of people think that it's just a matter of your boy looking so good and just sounding so great. It's not about that, you know? You, you it's, see, it's you see, it, it, I see you the host over when they on, on the draft night and the swag night. Hey, so man, they, listen, they go to Clinton listen, for listen. the freaking, okay. Clinton, you know how your boy please tell us about, please tell us about who had the best dress. I'm sitting there watching this like, come on dog. Like this, they got, come on, see, see, this is where we used to go back in high school. See, right, we, we exactly. was, we was like this in high school. I this mean, is what they say. This is what I try to tell these people, Jay. Bama's act like this is all an act and they act like oh man really you just you just doing nah. this for the camera i'm like my guy bro. you want to come hang out with me and my boys and drink beers on the couch and watch tv all night because this is bro. what we do i talk the same way bro. i just Listen. managed to monetize this junk to get on tv for a reason you know because i'm about this anyway <laughs> That's true. That's I told real. You, Ty. Ty, I told you. Listen, I told you. We, we this is like talking brothers talking like like yeah. just sitting at a bar. You know what I mean? This, I mean, this has been this has been a, it's been a long time coming. You know what I'm saying? And we, we of course we got more questions for you. See, I'm gonna let yeah, Ty man, jump go in ahead. and make That's sure good. you go ahead. Ty, do your thing. Ty, do your thing. Yes. Mr. Clinton. Yes. Do you hear or see any stereotypes within your field of work as far as black people are concerned? Yeah, I think there's a lot. I mean, I think that. Number, there's two different ways that can go with that. And I think Jay's going to understand the first part a lot, which is that the number one stereotype is that, maybe not stereotype, but sort of narrative that I think we deal with is that being the only yeah. black man in one place is a hard thing to overcome if there's yeah. more than one. Yeah. I remember when Dominique Foxworth and Mina Kimes and I started doing the morning roast, people would frequently confuse me and Dominique just because we're two brothers around the same age that look the same. Mm -hmm. And from the same both, area too. And, same from the same area. He's from Baltimore, you know, but, and we both were sort of, relatively smart, educated people. I say relatively because of me. That yeah. man went to Harvard. He's no. very smart. Yeah, but what is. I'm saying is that like, people couldn't understand that we could both exist in the same place, 
without overlapping each other. And Fox is just one person I'm talking about. But that's one of the narratives that's hardest to deal with in this industry is you walk into a room and if you're not talking about basketball or about football, there's no room for two black people, never mind two black men, never mind two young black men who happen to talk similarly or whatever. So, you know, I get a lot of talk. Oh, when are you trying to be like Bomani or be like Stephen A? And I'm like, listen, I like and respect those guys, but I don't need to be like them. That's I'm not them, you know, and that's that's a hard thing to deal with sometimes when you're trying to speak for black folks, Mm. but you're not speaking for all black folks. You're speaking Mm -hmm. for the black folks that, you know, and that's what you know, how you come with it. So that's that's one part. The other thing is obviously sort of the, the the major one, which is the the angry black man factor. But I mean that in this way. I mean that in a lot of people when they realize that either you're right or you're perhaps I don't want to say this arrogantly, but if you don't understand, more informed than they are, mm-hmm. not necessarily smarter than they mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. they get tight and it's like, oh, you mad? And it's like, no, I'm not mad. This is this is my job, dog. Like you know what I'm saying? Like literally, yeah. I spend my time watching analyzing, talking, and getting to know not just athletes, not just coaches, but their families, yeah. the people around them. You know, yeah. Jay, how important that is to you It's and me. super, you know super important. The family man. element is my whole junk. That's it. That's all you it know? is. And so when people come at me like, oh, yeah, you just hate this, that, and the third person, I'm like, no, my guy. I might look young. I'm not that old, but I've been paying attention for long enough that when I tell you something, I'm telling you for a reason. Yeah. It's not because I'm just popping off, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm trying to get some some retweets. That's oh, not that, how any that, of this they, works. I think that's what it is, though. They, they you know, think you're just trying to trying to get some get some some, some name think. on it, and that's that, what I'm course. saying. Chai, of course, that, that's those are two main things. It's 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 parallel to one another in terms of oh well, dang brother, you another brother like those other brothers. I'm like okay, yeah, but like we come as a collective, not as the same. And number yes. two, it's like oh he can't possibly mean that. How could he be right about that? I'm like I mean dog, why would I lie? Hey, I didn't you, get this. I ain't gonna lie though. You, you did call Tampa Bay. You you did yeah. call Tampa Bay. I remember you saying it on, on around the horn. You called Tampa Bay. Everybody else said the Chiefs. You was if Gronkowski like, nah. had got one more touchdown, he would have been the MVP, which is who Listen, I had as a touchdown. You, as a matter of fact, Tom should have thrown to him yeah. in the second quarter in the back of the end zone. He threw that bam in the front of the end zone. Dude dropped it. See? I was like, come on. I mean, I mean see, uh, you called it. I, I can't say you're wrong. You know, I, I, I watch, can't say you're wrong. I see. the games. I do the work. I'll be trying. If I'm wrong, so be it, man. I'm not here to be right. I'm here to have fun. Uh, listen, I understand. And listen, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about being wrong later on when we talk about my story with Bubba Chuck, okay? You know, I, 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 I'll, I'll put that out there. Let I was hoping that would come up. You know, it had to come up because you, you kind of put it out there, too. On, on, yeah, you definitely let me know about it. But that's okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that soon. Go ahead, Ty. My fault. Go ahead, Ty. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Um, what has been your most memorable story to this point in your life? covering athletes, people in general? Um, there's a couple, and I'll break it down okay. by where where I've worked. So I remember when I was at Express, the free daily, I was the local news editor there. And the ballpark, the the, the National Nationals Park came whilst I was there. And okay. this sounds dorky, but like at the time, we did a whole what's called a special section. You know, you get more pages, you give it out for free, and people have a little guide to the ballpark. Now, baseball had been in D.C. for a while, obviously, because they were at RFK. Not a while, but like, you know, a couple, one year. And they'd been building this thing. It was a whole local issue. Like, it was a big deal in terms of the bonds and what they knocked down and Navy Yard and all that. I mean, I'm not going to get into gentrification because I just don't have that kind of energy right now. But I got to write a guide to the bars around the ballpark. And I was like, I took this very seriously, you know, because A, I hung out at these places and B, from a responsibility standpoint, I had to like describe them to people that otherwise didn't know them. I happened to live in Capital South at the time 
um, Potomac, Potomac Ave, my bad, at the okay. time. So I lived right near one of them and I knew all the rest of them just from knowing Bama's around the way. And so I was like, man, that was, I was very, very proud of that at the time. You know, I'm 28 years old or whatever it was. And it was really important to me. So that was one. A second one was when I wrote for the post. Jay knows that back in the day, graffiti art was my whole thing. Jay got into the hip hop game as a rapper. To me, I'm an artist. If you ever see my handwriting, you would think I was a genius. You know what I'm saying? What was your hit name? My Jonas Ace. My tag, I tagged Inferno in high school. I wrote Zest for a little while, but now I just write things for people. Jay knows if you had a party in high school, with you went to C's to get the invite moving. He, he, right? he was the, no, he was he was a cat with carrying around the scrapbook, right? You know what I'm saying? He was with it. Like, graffiti, that's really what it was. That's what I did. You know what I mean? It was it was a large part of my life. You know, I talked about the train earlier. I lived at Tacoma where you rode the red line and before you got to Union Station it was 20 whole minutes of just seeing graffiti pieces outside on the warehouses so like this is my whole thing so when the people that made the movie called The Legend of Cool Disco Dan came to me because they just knew how much I cared about graffiti in DC to talk to him about not just the movie for promo but about the fact that Dan the late great Dan Danny Hogue was his name he had a serious mental health problem and he had never sort of admitted that publicly. And listen, it's not a big deal. It's not like Dan was on reality shows where he was having to answer for this. But Cool Disco Dan was a DC legend. And he was from an era of the city that Jay and I know very well. Very well. And when the people that had known him, I mean, these are two graffiti writers that were making this movie. So it wasn't like they were like Hollywood hotshots. They were brothers, not brothers. They were white dudes who knew me based on just the scene of like what I was covering. Because as the local columnist at the time, I let people know what I was about. We're going to talk about this street art. We're going to talk about this, that, and the third, you know, because that's what I understand about DC. And so when it came to me for that, and I got to meet Danny and hang out with him, and he told me straight up, like, what he was dealing with as, a, as an affliction. Affliction is a bad word, pardon me. As, as his condition mentally, you know, it was like, it was a full circle moment for me, you know? So that was, that was wild. So that's number two. And the third one I'll say, and there's been a bunch, you know, at ESPN. And I, I say that because I've been blessed of just being able to do whatever I want, Jay. You know what I'm saying? These people out here, let me say whatever I want. Not they were not ready anyway. But the one that mattered to me a lot was going down to College Park, College Park, to talk to 2 Chains about what it meant to him to be a part owner of the um, College Park Skyhawks who were in the G League and to give back routinely to his high school. And he has like a camp that he runs every Christmas and to meet him. And it wasn't the first time I met him. So like, you know, to talk to him about what he does for the kids. I mean, it's stuff like that to me. And I haven't even mentioned baseball. Baseball is a whole other silo that is the main thing on a lot of levels in terms of sports. But like, for me, those are three things that I was just like, man, you know, you, you, you do what you do and you hope that people believe that who you are is real. And when they do, if you give it back, it comes back the same way. That's why I'm chilling come back triple Mountains right come now. Come back triple full see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, it comes back. You can tell the impact that, that, you've made in so many arenas, you know, not just in sports, not just in, in, in writing, but really in across. Yeah. You're definitely an artist, bro. I call us the artist spotlight because you are an artist. Thank you, man. Let me say this right quick. I was talking to a brother in Sacramento yesterday, a young man who works for the Sacramento Bee. And we were talking about like images and what people look like. And I told him, I said, man, when I got on around the horn, I got one haircut. That was a week before I went on the show. And I let that jump grow for a whole year. Just I, I remember that. I you know remember saying like, cats looking at me like, yo, yo like, yeah, yeah no, kind of like, greasy. I'm like, like cut your hair. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why would I come my hair? What, what, give hair. me one good reason why I should come my hair that cut has nothing hair. to do with you. Cut your hair. You need and to, you need to like, look better on TV, Clinton. You need to look listen, better. I told these people, I said, I need these young black boys and girls to see that we can look however we want to look. And as long as you got the talent and as long as you got the drive, you're going to get here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My, I might, listen, you think your boy doesn't know that I'm in the handsome man delegation? I know that. 
All right. I know. I don't need to let them know every day of the week. Every once in a while, I got to remind these people that I'm happy to be nappy. And I'm not, I don't have any issue with that. Listen, you know what I'm saying? That's not a problem for me. It's not you wrong know? with it, man. So that's, that's what that was about. So in terms of all of that, thank you. In terms of impact made, I pay attention. Just because yeah, I make it look easy doesn't mean it is. No, I know, bro. I mean, we, I mean, we talked about it. You, you, you. I mean, people don't know that you watch how many sports you watch. I mean, you watch an <laughs> enormous amount of sports. I mean, we did anyway, just in general. Yeah. But yeah. just, I mean, for, for crying out loud, they don't know how much you have to cover, what you have to cover, the stories you have to go get the information on, the research, all of it. I mean, it, listen, it's, it's not just a job. It's something that's, that, that it's a career. It's a lifestyle. And, yeah, it's yeah. definitely a lifestyle. And people don't understand that, that what they see on TV is not everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't Great wake point. up, don't turn on, don't turn around a horn on for half hour and be like, oh, that's all he does. That's easy. Yeah, yeah, right. That's or, oh, easy. I can do that. He talks for 30 seconds at a time. I can make that point. It's like, first of all, you know you couldn't. And second of all, it's a TV show. It's a game yeah, like, show. Relax. It's, you know it's, what I'm saying? Relax, exactly. Like you, know you wanna you wanna be in my seat. You know you wanna be in my seat, right? <laughs> no, I don't, I mean, and, and I get what you're saying, Jay. And that, to add to that point, trust me. If you're like the 12th man on the bench in the league, you can still dunk on every Joe you come up to on a regular basketball court. Trust yeah, me, I get that. And I have sure. to do it occasionally. But like, it's not about that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's about, I mean, I, I know what's going on because the fun part is telling other people what's going on. Not for me to be not, the one that's hoarding all the information and all the takes. That's boring. That, that's what they want to do. That's yeah. what they want to do. Listen, we're going to take a quick break. We come right back. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go back home for a little bit, talk about home a little bit. We're going to talk about some other stuff a little bit. Well, listen, family, my man Clinton Yates is joining us tonight. You know, I look, man, I'm, I'm, I'm home, boy. I'm, I'm happy as hell right now, man. Oh, man. Well, listen, family, you can call us with your comments, questions at 844-844-1244. Again, it's 844-844-1244. You can email us at Jimmy Bonds Podcast at gmail.com again it's jimmy bonds podcast at gmail.com that's j-i-double-m-y-b-o-n-d-s podcast at gmail.com you'll listen to jimmy bonds podcast on philadelphia radio we'll be right back is it okay? i said it's the michael it is okay all right yeah this is reverend cc chicken wing and i love listening to the jimmy bonds podcast insightful thoughtful words that uplift the people and bring up knowledge to the people that's the brother Jimmy Bonds right there. You can reach out to the brother too at the Jimmy Bonds podcast at gmail.com. This is Reverend CC Chicken Wink. Uh, yeah, uh, is the mic still on? This is on. Okay. Hey, this is Michael from Upper Darby. This is the Jimmy Bonds podcast on every Fair Radio. Welcome back to the Jimmy Bonds Podcast on Philadelphia Radio. We thank you for listening. Remember, family, you can call us at 844-844-1244. Again, it's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. That's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. And welcome back to Jimmy Bond's podcast on Philadelphia Radio. Now, family, again, we are joined by my boy, my brother, Clinton Yates. You know him from the undefeated ESPN Sports Center, all that good stuff. And but you know have... me from the streets of D.C. Yeah, streets of D.C. Right. Don't yeah, act listen. like you haven't seen me out here yelling at you and your girl talking some noise in a bar. Listen, I've been doing that. You know him. I mean, you know him. You, you've seen him. You know him. You know why he does what he does. You know what I'm saying? But see, so, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to talk to you about something real quick. Let's let the yep. family in on something. So back in the day before Allen Iverson got uh got drafted, me and C had this major, major argument in the bus. 
and he would not let he would not let up on it. I played point guard, right? I was a point guard. See, so played two guard. He was two guard. He shooting guard, right? So he, yep. you know, but he he could he could decipher things sometimes better than I could. You know, to be clear, I, coach- when Jay left school and I became not the point guard but the two guard on varsity as a senior, I guarded the point guard. Yeah, that as he was two guard he, to he give you an idea of what kind of mentality he, I he had. was. A, he was a three D dude. He was yes. a three D. <laughs> definitely a three D dude for sure. So, you know, our coach, Mr. O, used to always, you know, drive us, take us around, do stuff. And he always used to be like, don't have bad court vision. Don't have bad court vision. That was his thing. Bad court vision, Jay. That's bad court vision. C- come on. Good- goodness gracious, Clinton. Bad court vision. You know, make a long story short. I, me, and Clint, me and Clinton got into this argument one day. It was about Al Navison and Jacques Vaughn. Okay. Jacques Vaughn. Okay. 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 Al Jacques Vaughn. And Jacques Vaughn. Kansas no. point guard. People, people don't know. Who, uh, you don't know who Jack Vaughn is. He's not playing anymore in the league. He's actually a coach. He's a coach, yeah, so, he's a good guy. You know, we the argument was I, my 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 side of the argument was I thought Jack Vaughn was gonna be a better player than Alan Iverson in the NBA. Ooh. Okay, that, that was now, that hold was on, let me Jay, let me intercept here. To be fair to Jay's argument, what he was saying made actual sense. See? He was like, look, he went to Kansas, he's under control, he's got excellent court vision. He plays with guys that are probably going to be pros as well. Yep. I see his skill set translating well to the NBA. I don't yep. want this to come out and seem like Jay was some big Jacques Vaughn guy. Yep. It was no, actually uh, a pretty mature take no, uh, from Jay. At, what, at, at 16, 17, that's where we were, right? I had him yes. shook. I had him shook. I had, I had my argument points. Now, keep in mind, I mean, I'm a good debate. I like the debate, <laughs> but I had my argument points. Now, I wasn't see, having it. No, he wasn't having it. No, he wasn't having it. it. My, and, simple, and, my I, simple stance, Ty, was this. I was like, listen, Y'all can have Jacques Vaughn. All I care about is Allen Iverson. And once Iverson hits the league, y'all just aren't going to be ready. I say, I know that I'm predicting something that is not measurable. Yeah. But I was like, listen, as much basketball as we've all seen, we're 15 years old looking right at each other. We've all seen the same amount of basketball. Yeah. We all watch all the basketball and play all the basketball together. I'm like, dog, Iverson is bidding to kill it. Yeah. Trust me on this one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We didn't yeah. talk for like two days after this argument about it. No, we didn't. No, we, we, Multiple we, we, practices. We, were, we didn't sit on the same side. Of the, I mean, it was a mess. I mean, we, we, beef, we beef stupid about this about yes. this thing. You know, exactly. and what, what are we talking about? What, what, 15, 20, 30 years later, we look back on it and I was dead wrong. I was dead, dead wrong. I mean, so wrong that it's like, I can't be any wronger. You know what to I mean? To be fair, though, I think your point actually tracked. Shock Vaughn is the coach now. I mean, he is. AI hey, ain't uh, no coach. No, I think ain't. your point, what if you had simply said, but we had, wasn't no way to see this at the time because we weren't thinking like this, but if you'd said, Jock Vaughn's going to be a great coach in the league someday, I have been, I have been even more shook. Yeah, but that right. was actually I, what was true, and that's I, probably I what close. you were actually saying. I was, I was close. You know, I, I, he, yeah. he has a coach's eye, so I, I was close to, 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 to the point, but at the same time, I mean, look, we in the city of Bubba Chuck for crying out loud, man. Yep. You, you know, you know, he is a god in, in Philadelphia. God. I mean, just yeah, a he's god. a god in DC. My favorite right, basketball no, player. I mean, no doubt. Georgetown all day. You know what I yep. mean? So it's yep. like, it's like, it's like for me, it was always about making sure I had my points right. And, and as yep. as I see Clinton now in his in his arena and what he does. I remember those days of back on the bus. I remember those arguments. I remember those 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 concepts. Those, those that insight. You know what I'm saying? So I always appreciate you for that. See, just for even calling calling it like it is Dog, when it man. is how that it means is. So much to me, bro. Because people always ask, like, man, you're pretty good at this. I'm like, bro, you know where I'm from. Listen. You know what I'm saying? We arguing on the metro. All we the arguing on the court. We arguing in class. He was Clint was a year behind me. Clint <laughs> was a year behind me. You like, know what I mean? So he we 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 doing this. We arguing in the bar when we grow up. Like, and I don't mean that for the sake of doing it, but just like you know, just like you step in a cipher, Jay. Just yeah. like you know, you play the dozens with whatever. This was just how we did it. Yeah. You know, at our school time, in case you don't know this, like we had a small amount of black folks, but it was a large amount of black folks for the percentage of people overall at the school at the time. Very much so. so. And my grade, we had 
don't know, 50 people that were in the graduating class. We had seven brothers alone, which mm -hmm. was a large percentage of the culture considering. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Shout so out to Rage. Shout out yeah, to Rage. Shout out to Rage. Shout out to Solace. Shout out to Damien. Shout out yeah, to everybody. Solid, all of them. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And like, I still talk to those guys to this day, Dennis this and day. everybody. Yeah. And like, for me, I realized that that world, that cauldron that we sort of grew up in, where we were allowed to be ourselves as brothers. I mean, listen, they weren't letting us run wild here. This was not a St. Vincent, St. Mary's situation. Nah. You know what I'm saying? Nah. But like with LeBron and them, and I'm joking, I'm saying LeBron and them just ran and jumped because they were that dope. But yeah. my point is, is that like, we got to be black in a Pretty very much. real way, yes. you know? And so when I was going hard about Chuck, that was a real deal issue in the school. People were like, yo, Jay and C's ain't talking. What's yeah, it about? Everybody was, was like, don't worry about it. It's not yeah, even that serious. It's not even that serious, like, right. You know what I mean? But <laughs> it was to us, you know what I mean? And so my point is that I'm genuine with it. You know, I have no reason to lie. I've never been doing this for Flash. You know nah, what I'm saying? I've been doing nah, this man. because my homies know that I'm about that. You know what yeah. I mean? I've, if, if I woke up every day and y'all were hitting me like, damn, yeah, it's you out here playing yourself, that would not be okay. No, nah, you know that's listen, not what we're doing. Listen, so that, I mean, call, call it like it is. You know, your family tell you what it is when it's supposed to be done. You know what right. I mean? You're real, real recognized, real men, men make sure we keep we keep ourselves at a certain level in a certain place. It is what it is. You know what I mean? But move right along, bro. Let me let me talk to you about this real quick because I, I noticed something that you do as far as the journalism aspect is concerned. I noticed that you do a lot of pieces on black people in particular and past and present as you know in baseball basketball whatever you really touch touch a nerve for what the history of it is and particularly in baseball especially at jackie robinson piece yeah did. i think about it i wonder i wonder what do you feel was the responsibility that you have as a narrator of those stories now that we're older now that we're now that we're the we're not the generation that's younger coming up we're the ones actually holding those stories to pass on to the youth. What I mean, what do you feel as your responsibility as a narrator? Part of my friends here, Jay, but this is a tremendous fucking question. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, because that's real. That's what it is. It's a responsibility as a narrator. Because a lot of times, I think people think that I'm just trying to, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say in the me realm, I'm just going to print this out per the last point. You're right. Narrator is exactly the word. Because yeah. a lot of things, it's not just me telling you. It's not just me being like, see, I told you. It's like, no, hey, here's just what happened. You know what I mean? Here's a here's a way to come along with the story. And so the responsibility for me, it lies in making sure that a the story is enjoyable enough for people to remember it. That's a huge part about all this. And number two, informative enough for it to change, maybe not change, but affect how they think about things going forward. So mm -hmm. I remember when the Nationals won the World Series and, you know, a little behind the curtain on this. So they won that game. I had literally, I was in three cities in two days. I woke up that morning in Connecticut. I flew to Houston for game seven. I got there in the third and I had been to every other game in that series. I rode with some random dude who I found on Twitter by the by. And I was like, if anybody is at the Houston airport and wants to give your boy a ride, how about it? And some guy was on the plane and hit me back. He was like, I'm on the same plane. I got a car ready. Just come with me. I know your work. I was like, my dude. Look at, look at so dude. <laughs> we get to the park and I end up, you know, they win the World Series and I go to the hotel because, you know, I know a couple people, your boy wants to do a little partying, you know what I mean, with the squad. And so we did that. Next thing I know, it's four in the morning. I've got a 7 a.m. flight to Dallas because I got to go do the TV show because that day was Halloween. Yeah. And I got to write this column in between partying and going to the thing. And like, it, I wasn't blasted. It wasn't about that. It was just, you know, I was just out. And I remember I was sitting in the um, Houston airport. I'm eating breakfast. I'm writing this column and I'm in full tears, Jay. I'm mm. crying my eyes out because mm. a, now it's not just about the team. Like, you know, teams winning is one thing, but like, 
I wrote this whole column about how people forget that like the simple history of how people get to certain paths is so easily forgotten because when you see them at the top, you sort of assume a certain amount of things have happened. It's either been the worst struggle or it's been the easiest path because you were so great. And a lot of times it's so much more in between, you know? And I explained what it was like with my Uncle Johnny. You've met Uncle Johnny a couple of times in yeah. the past, but you know, you know Uncle yeah. Johnny. Uncle God Johnny used to take me to yeah. baseball practice in his cab because the Negro drove a cat. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And when my dad was working, that's how it was. And I show up to practice, people would be like, okay, you took a cab to practice? I'm like, no, I rode in my uncle's cab, you asshole. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now I'm about to go out here and knock you out the yard. You know what I mean? And like, and you, and the reason I say that is because those interim parts, Jay, are part of the responsibility, are part of the responsibility. I have to let people know that black folks didn't just show up out the womb, six to eight, 240, ready to dunk on your head. Yeah. Somebody helped build them. A yeah. lot of people probably helped build them. A lot of people probably kept them safe. And a lot of people probably allowed them to flourish and feel that they could do anything at all. And so yeah. those parts, the mothers, the coaches, the, um, you know, the, the, the people in your household, the people at your church, the people at wherever, yeah. those people are equally important as the star. Yeah. And they are oftentimes more interesting. That's the other side part, you know what no I'm doubt. saying? And so no doubt. the responsibility to me, Jay, was huge. And just to use a quick example, you know, Jay and I worked at the same bank back in the day. We did. If I tried to tell that story without talking about Dottie and without talking about um, Connie, yeah. that yeah. wouldn't even make sense. Mm -mm. You know what I'm saying? Because these were people that worked with us that were a vital part of who we are and taught us how to move, even yep. if they weren't the ones in the spotlight. Yep. And that's so important to me to be able, because I feel that same way. You know, I didn't want to do TV for a long time. I was halfway scared to tell my tapes when I would go around the world. I talked to my boys about them, but like I had to learn because people had to, you know, instill something in me. And that's what I try to explain to people, like how folks get to where they are is as important as where they end up sometimes, especially for black people, because we get our junk cut off so early, so quickly. So that's the responsibility for me. And I thank you for asking that, Jay, because I take it very serious. Listen, I mean, it, look, man, responsibility is major. Um, you know, I take it, I take it seriously. I think, I think I'll tell people all the time, like, you know, this is, this is kind of like, this is my power. You know, yeah. this is, this is how, this is this how is I your hold, gift. this is exactly, this is how we hold, we hold conversations and, and we, we grab minds at the same time. You know what I mean? It's, it's yep. one of those things that people don't like, it is a responsibility. If you don't take it seriously, then you shouldn't be doing it. That's just plain and simple. That's a but great take, point. And I, I just want to say something quickly on that. If you don't take it seriously, you shouldn't be doing it is something that I think that a lot of people assume most black people don't take into account. They assume, oh, you a brother. You just talk greasy because you nice with it because that's how you, nah, my guy. There's a lot of bamas out here that do a lot of yapping. You know what I mean? And A, they don't know nothing. And B, they ain't saying nothing. Nope. You know what I mean? I take it seriously because yeah. it matters. Take it, You take it seriously. I mean, yo, bro, I mean, look, man, we, you know we can dive deep into this, man. It's something that something right. we've always right. had. Where we know where we come from, where we cut from. The people that were cut from mamas, daddies, yep. sisters, brothers, everybody included. You know what I mean? So it's it's we we know we know the roots that we have to really keep. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? And and that's it's what responsibility. I, that's and it's one I take on gladly. Yes, very much so. Very gladly and and definitely do it with with pride. You know what I mean? Yep. So yep. definitely. So you know we was talking about um you was talking about something you mentioned something earlier. You was talking about the families and the moms and the dads. And I saw that you did a story recently on on this young cat out of Alabama. Dylan Smith. Baseball. Yeah. And and I, I love the story. I read the story. It's fantastic. Talked a lot about his family. You captured a lot about his mom and his grandma and just, just the whole concept of it all. But, you know, see, I always wondered, man, why is it, do, do you think that, that more Black people don't start pushing their kids towards baseball? Oh, man. So this is, you know, I'll, I'll keep it to the short version because we ain't got all night, but not the short version, but I think the part that's going to matter to you is that you remember when I played baseball, it was, our school didn't have a baseball team. No. But I played baseball. You know, you play club, you play leagues, you got all that. I think that 
you know, we're talking 90s, mid 90s, late 90s. I looked at it as, okay, because my parents were divorced and I looked at it as, well, they can't drive me to practice or they've got to work or they don't really like baseball. I didn't really see it as the sort of institutional kind of barrier, which was that if they didn't take me to basketball practice, I was still going to play basketball because there was a court right there and all my friends were playing. And that was how I was probably getting someplace anyway. Baseball isolated itself for the purposes of when it became clear that there was sort of more baseball to go around than there were talents to be had. Well, that's when it became commodified by a certain part of America to make it a money-making industry mm -hmm. and not a for love of the game industry. And it's not, this is not some baseball um, agnostic, you know, this is not a baseball specific problem. This is sort of sports agnostic in, general, yeah, in yeah. youth, you know, AAU basketball has been yeah, a big part huge. of this. There's a reason there, there are people that believe that the U S men's soccer team will never be good. As long as pay to play is the reason is the way that soccer because players in this country true. from it's the true. developmental level come yeah. up. So this is all sure. tied together for sure. And in DC, we didn't have a baseball team. We had the O's and Jay knows how this was. You'd like the O's, but like nobody really cared no. if the Baltimore Orioles won or lost anything. They were in Baltimore. No. Nobody cares, you know? So you see them. And I remember when the team came, it was a large validation of a lot of the work that I had done. I was a pretty good player. I mean, Jay saw me play baseball. I was fast. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. All, no of the, all of the sports you saw, anybody saw me play, I was playing as a baseball player. Yeah, That's what it no came doubt. down to. No the hands are still there. Tell. The feet are still there. That's how I operate, you know? And I knew when it wasn't going to happen for me playing any farther than like junior year because the opportunities weren't going to be there because I just didn't have it in me to like seek all this out without the help of my parents, without the help of sort of the baseball community the same way. So when I see stories like that, like Dylan's, particularly around that game, yeah, it matters to me a lot. And I think that that's part of the reason is that this subculture of youth sports being like, you have to dive into this whole life. Never mind the larger culture of what baseball is in America, the oldest pun not intended, but you know, mm -hmm purposeful um and the most conservative league by a mile yeah it's not that hard to understand why black folks ain't trying to be about that you yeah. know and it's because there's another level to this and this is something jay that i think that you'll understand a lot is that listen a lot of folks come from a lot of places that are not exactly privileged a lot of folks come from places that are terrible and a lot of folks come from places that are largely part of just kind of in between or whatever it's like, mm -hmm. you know, you're just regular folks we ain't all trying to turn into superstar athletes we're trying to play yeah you know what i mean and the value of play to us is something that I think a lot of the powers that be in a lot of sports only view as, oh, you trying to make it out the hood? Or you trying, I'm like, no, bro, yeah. why don't you just put a field there so I can play with my friends? Yeah. That's really all I want to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And baseball hasn't figured that part out yet. That's what basketball and football to a certain extent have sort of figured out that a lot of people just like the game because they like the game. It doesn't have to be a make it out the hood situation, you know? And once we lost that, in terms of baseball for a lot of different reasons, I, I think that's when a lot of these, the interest across the board in races, Jay, you know what I'm saying, changed with the game, you know what I mean? Because baseball now, dude, it is effectively a niche sport. It's something that I care about deeply a lot and I cover and I know a ton about. Yeah. If it wasn't for me being 40 and, you know, 30 years into this game regarding how much I care about baseball, I mean, what would I know? You know what I'm saying? It's taking a lifetime just to be able to talk about it at all. And even still, people are like, oh, but you think you know something about baseball, black man? I'm like, yes. Yeah, I do. You know, so I, I know do. way more than you, and that's <laughs> fine, you know? So, like, that's the thing that, for me, is there is a definitive social ceiling for a lot of different reasons. And I don't think it's because anybody's intentionally, I mean, sure. Is the sociology of scouting, is there outright racism? Is there, are there things that keep black people off of teams, that keep people on teams? 
for sure. You know what I'm saying? But like, I think that baseball, major league baseball, which is to be delineated from the entirety of baseball, because baseball across the globe is fun. Major league baseball is a different story. Yeah. I just don't think they understand what they're not looking at. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times, no, it's there. What is that that they say? The brain can't compute or your eyes can't compute what the brain doesn't know. Yeah. I mean, like if you look at something, you have no idea what it is. You're not going to be scared of it if it's, you know, dangerous. And if you do know what it is, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's that kind of a thing where they don't really realize what the issue is because they're not used to looking at anything like that. You know? Yeah, no. You said uh, like the MLB is different than baseball on a whole worldwide. Yeah, man. There's high school baseball. There's college baseball. There's minor league baseball. Right. Cats are playing baseball in Korea. Go to any country south of florida cats are playing baseball all over the place check out the world baseball classic that joint every year bang every year you know what i'm saying like and, and the baseball, game's entertaining the games are much yeah, more entertaining th- sometimes thank you you know what i'm saying and that's jay understands that the game is the game the league is the league you're trying to make the major leagues for the purposes of money making and for the purposes of exposure and you know top down obviously institutionally that's the way it all works but baseball writ large is not just major league baseball not at all no. You know what I'm saying like not remotely, you know, and and I, you know, and I know you're a super baseball fan. You've been a baseball fan. You've kind of got me into baseball, even just from me watching yeah. you on ESPN. Like, hey, you know what? I'm going to take a look at baseball for a second. You know, I'm a little older now, so I, I like things. You know, some things a little bit different to me. You know, slower stuff. Yeah, my, you know, slower stuff. Little little golf here and there, maybe. Yeah, you know, you know, little little, golf. Little, you watching golf. the golf these days? I watch, Jay? A bit, I watch a little bit, just a little bit. Okay. You know what I mean? Nothing, nothing too, nothing too heavy. <laughs> when I when I can get my hands on, you know, nothing too heavy, man. Nothing too heavy, right. Dog. But um, you know, oh, Ty, go ahead, man. Ty, what throw a question at him, man. I know, I know you wanted to get one in. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, over the past year, you know, with the George Floyd thing going on, there was a lot of sports commentators, sports talk show hosts, and athletes that all of a sudden became activists. And some of them, I didn't really care for what they were saying because it seemed like they didn't do their research on it. That's one thing. What was your take on some of these talk show hosts and sports athletes that? became activists speaking on regarding 2020 and activism and journalism. There's a couple things to keep in mind. Number one is that, and I actually just got through talking about this on Twitter in regards to sort of the concept of objectivity versus um, judgment yeah. is one that for journalists, I think is something that we are oftentimes steered the wrong way on Jay. Yeah. The concept of objectivity is falsely stated as not taking any sides when in fact, what objectivity is, at least to me, is understanding your place in the world and yeah. allowing for that as you report outward. Yeah. And so a lot of people, I think, particularly journalists who consider themselves informed and are informed and people who are in public spotlights were very much in a position they weren't used to being in. You know what I'm saying? Just because you see a black person on the screen, it doesn't necessarily mean that this person has been steeped in the kind of personal fortitude that it takes to be able to talk about this stuff on camera. I think a lot of folks think that, well, if it were me, I'd just say this, that, and the third. Well, you ain't them. You know what I mean? And you don't know what it took to sort of get to that point. And I'm not giving anybody a pass for anything they say that's foul. I'm just saying that like in a time in which so many people were being asked to speak on things that they probably weren't necessarily qualified to speak on. A lot of things came out of a lot of folks' mouths that they regret. And, and a lot of things came out of a lot of folks' mouths that were short-sighted, Jay. Yeah, you know, but I felt for me, I was lucky enough. And by lucky, I mean just timing of the world. You know, we came up in 80s and 90s DC, one of the most violent times in the history of modern America. Murder, we know what cap. that looks like. We know murder cap. Murder cap, dog. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We don't, we don't, I don't need any background information 
to tell you what it feels like to be living in a society in which gun violence and police brutality affects your life on a day-to-day basis. That's, that's, I don't need to go to class for that. I don't need to watch the news for that, dog. That's living everyday life. And so when it came to sort of describing those kinds of things, that was easy for me. I think for a lot of people in this business, they don't know that stuff. And so they're, 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 they're charged with speaking on these things in ways that are thoughtful, in ways that are personal. But like to say that somebody recently becomes an activist because they were asked about something that's in the news or they're reporting on something that's in the news, I think is a little unfair. And it's one of those things where the pendulum overswings, where it's like, oh, what were you doing this whole time? Well, what I was doing this whole time was telling me about the daggone sports, you know what I'm saying? Like, or whatever. And so for a lot of journalists, like, again, news, entertainment, they, they cross over in ways that I think a lot of people are way too serious about, but like, dog, just like you can't expect every single black person you meet on the street to be the smartest individual to talk about everything. You certainly can't expect every black person you see in the media to, and they shouldn't have to be. Not everybody out here is built for this. You know, seven years ago when Ferguson was happening, I was arguing people on Jake Tapper's show, yelling and screaming about how black folks need to be taken more seriously. I don't got to do that anymore. You know what I'm saying? I come at it from a different angle and everybody comes into their entry point to, I guess what we'll just call the resistance on some level, you know, in a different way. I I just, I I caution people who sit back and say, oh, I don't, you know, like media criticism is not what we need necessarily at this point. What we need to do is amplify the voices that make sense. So those people feel more empowered to continue to do so. And those who are out here wilding, pull them aside and let them know it's not about being wrong. It's not about being out of pocket, but sometimes you're in the way. You know what I'm saying? If you're in the way, please get out of the way. Please enjoy the show or the revolution as it were. You know what I'm saying? I use revolution in the larger sense here. It ain't nobody grabbing guns and going to the Capitol. I'm not an asshole. My point is, is that like, in terms of what we think about ourselves in this country, I, I think there's a lot to be said for that. We spend way too much time vilifying or you know, lauding people. It's like, yo, there's a lot of in-between dog. You know what I mean? And I think that's in fact where most journalists lie as humans, but because of their professional position, they're perceived to be people that are on a pedestal when in fact, that's actually not the job. The job is to be relatable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not the other yeah, way. Yeah, see, the relatable uh, part. Exactly. I, I think people forget about okay. that. They forget about that that relatable part. Yeah. In order to be an activist, you got to be able to relate to the people. You can't just be an activist and be like, hey, so I, I mean... I'm not going to lie. When I see basketball players and football players become activists because they're in front of the camera and not because they've been activists before these, these times, you know, we knew activists growing up. See, we knew activists in our community, in our hood in DC. We knew, we knew them who they were. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't Those people are not famous. No, they're not. They're they're not. They're not famous, but they are the ones that you go to to get some better insight. They're the ones you go to to get the, to get, to be influenced by it all. You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. I like yeah, bro. I mean, you, you really broke it down. You said some real some real ish right there, and I really appreciate you breaking that down. Because sometimes me and Tyler, these people, are like, come on, man, who are you trying to fool? Don't don't. No, do and I get I, I get I get why I get why that's a natural reaction, but that's also a thing that I think comes from a place where I think a lot of times people want to see people want to relate to sort of people in the public eye through one of two ways: either want to agree with what they say, or they want to be like, oh, they don't know shit. You know what I mean? And it's like, oftentimes, again, it's, it's a large part of in between. Like, it's not easy to talk on these microphones in front of these cameras for a lot of people, dog. Never mind. I mean, people be talking about, oh, you want to round a horn, this and a third. I'm like, listen, the doing of the job is half the battle. Meaning like saying a coherent sentence while looking at the camera and looking decent and finishing your point in less than 45 seconds is not easy. 
I don't care what you're talking yeah. about. You could be talking about your mama's cereal that you ate every day of your life. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that you can put it together when you're seeing it on TV. And that's not an excuse for people. My point is just that, like, don't confuse the sort of, and I'm not saying this to you, I'm saying this to the larger listening audience. Yeah. Let us not confuse the business of show with the sort of reality of life. And I mean that in the context of, I understand how much symbolism means and you can't get on the box talking crazy. Absolutely. But for a lot of these athletes, they don't train these guys in this. They train these dudes how to do box jumps and make their hands move so they can get through offensive linemen or they train them how to step slide so they can guard Steph Curry or put a ball through the hoop. Everybody has to learn something at a certain point. And as grown men here, it's easy for us to say, man, what you doing? Well, you know what I'm saying? Come on now. Go ahead. Come on. Come on on the porch. You know what I'm saying? We're going to tell you what to do. We're going to tell you how it goes so that you can then take that knowledge out and then utilize it in your spaces and your situation. That's kind of how I try to look at it. I remember the story when um, Cam Newton was mixing it up with that kid and that kid was calling him ass and calling him trash and this, that, and third. And people were like, oh, he deserves to be beaten up. I'm like, dog, this is how it rolls. You know what I'm saying? Cam can take it. He pulled that kid aside and the kid was obviously a little out of pocket, but whatever, man. Like, what are you talking about? There's no reason a kid like that should have to apologize to America and tag news outlets because some random person is like, oh, I don't like his attitude. You know, he, no coach is going to deal with that. I'm like, this is not, what, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like, there's way too much exposure on a lot of people and people say, well, that's why you should be more careful. But to me, that's the exact opposite. It's why we should be more caring, you know, and why we should look at kids and say, or even young people. And by young people, I mean people under 25, flatly. Or even, you know, because yeah. the way that the world has sort of evolved so quickly between, I mean, listen, Rodney King feels like it was a million years ago. And it, it wasn't. It wasn't. You know what it I'm saying? It wasn't. We've had a lot of short-term history trauma in Black America. And expecting every Black person who gets in front of a camera to be well-versed on that to the point that they can speak on it with such a plum is not reasonable to me. It just oh, isn't. no. Are you kidding me? It, we, listen, we, we already about to do a podcast called Stop Killing Us. And that's something we, that goes deep. It's, it's yeah. been going on forever. You know, they've been, look, forever. For, when, when we were growing up, when our dad is My homie up. Wesley Lowry wrote the book, They Can't Kill Us All. That was the name of it. And it was based on his reporting based out of Ferguson. And he's a guy, he's a friend of mine from Cleveland. Um, you know, he wrote for the post when I wrote for the post, he was on the national desk and the story was just about sort of the entire sort of breakdown of what came out of Ferguson so many years ago and how they look at us. And that you're exactly right about that, Jay. They can't kill us all, but a lot of us know how to stay alive and we don't all figure it out the same way. You know, you we really, teach each you, other. Bro, you, you tell them the truth right there. A lot of us yeah. have, have tried to stay alive, man. Try to figure it out. Like that's, that's what it is. You try to make a living. That's that's yep. really to make a living. You know what I mean? Make make some ends, make some <laughs> change our lives Life, in different liberty ways. Liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Yes, not and, always congruent with staying nah, alive if you're a black person. No, nah, uh-uh. Go, I mean, because we really have to be conscious of your black happiness, whatever that is for you. You know what I'm saying? Correct. Like, goodness. So you know, you know, and I noticed we got a storm over here. See, so I, you know, I think I think you you know brought the brought the heat tonight, boy. You know, Come on, son. The thunder down, and son. the lightning you know, at you know, the same it, damn you know, time. Shut it down, so it, it, you know? it's getting crazy. It's getting crazy. But you know, see, like you know, I greatly appreciate you coming course, and sharing yeah. your story and telling us what's going I'm on. I'm not me without you. Everybody, Listen, knows bro, who, who, right, man, you know I, I'm telling you. Every time I see you, I smile so big. <laughs> see my boy doing his thing. It, it's one of them things right, you man. just, you know. It, I mean, look, I ain't trying to trying to make it no, no, you know. Like uh, kissing my man's ass, I know. Man, I know shut my up, man. dog. We know the routine. I'm the one that went to the league. All right, Listen, I'm, I'm it, very it, happy it, it, about definitely. that. You, you okay, you know, so it, I'm proud of that, and I appreciate your support, man. It's real, you know. What I'm you saying? know it's it, very dog. real. You know it, man. It's it's so real, and you know, and 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 for me, you know, I remember when I told you I was I was putting a podcast together. I was like, you'll see. I just heard you on the radio, dog. I'm about to put a podcast together. He was like, go for we it. Talked about it. Go for yeah. it. 
And, and you know, I, I see now that it, it was important for me to take that chance. And, and I think I owe, I owe a big portion of that to you, bro. The, the gall, the confidence, the I don't, give a, I don't give a shit about how you feel. I'm going to express how I feel. And you're going you're gonna to enjoy it. You're going to like it or not, you know? And, and I, I, think, I think more than any time, people don't, don't understand the value of that as, as brothers. You know what I'm saying? They don't understand yeah. the value of, of us being examples for, for each other, not just for, for youngness coming around or whatever. Like, you know, most dudes, I'm so jealous of that dude, blah, blah, blah. Like, what you got to be jealous of? This is my boy who right. has been in the trenches with me since we was kids. Right. Navigating white D.C. You know what I'm saying? Basically, and, you know. And we and we really we really had a time and really a path that we could follow that other kids didn't have, other black kids in that city didn't have. You know, when I see when I see you doing what you're doing, it's not just I'm smiling just for me, but I'm smiling for all the kids I know that do not have the same opportunities. They need an example that especially from our area. And I'm talking about D.C. Everybody call it the DMV. Uh, I'm from D.C. Nah, you're talking about the district, right? The district. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Anacostia High School, Baloo High School, Wilson High School. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about all the Kip schools. schools that are all, over there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, listen, right, we know that. Benjamin Banneker, all of them. I'm talking about all right, these Shasta Woodson, you know what I'm saying? Right. All day, all day. You know what I mean? So it's no, and I know, and Jay, and I, I appreciate that because for me, that's that's a large part of what it is, man. I tell people they're like, "What's the best advice you give to?" I tell, be yourself. You know what I mean? Like because nobody can do that better than you. And that sounds corny, but the reason why that matters, particularly for young black boys and girls, is because no, literally nobody does do it better than us. That's why they be jocking us on social media. That's why everything we do, you know what I'm saying, in terms of what we do on a microphone, in terms of a camera, gets ripped off and stolen for something else. Like what we got in terms of how we build each other is everything, you know? And I, 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 it's not hard for me because I never had to create a character in order to do any of this. You know what I'm saying? Mm. We've talked about this, Jay. Mm. You know who it is. It's the same Bama, mm. same number, same hood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Same, like, same thing. You ain't it's changing. not changing. And I, 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 I only say that not to be like, oh yeah, I'm so nice. Cause it's not about that. Because a lot of people do have to work hard in terms of the person they present. A lot of people have not had the backbone in terms of family that you and I have had in terms of our crew. A lot of people have not had, quite frankly, just the market opportunities because as tough as DC is, DC is still a big market. If you make it in DC, you can pretty much make it everywhere I tell as far as media is concerned. All the time. And a lot of people just don't know that you can do it your own way. I call this the John Thompson situation. That's the main thing that John taught everybody. Bro, we don't need all these other Bamas. We can do it ourselves. We can do it as long as we just do it the right way and do yeah. it the way that works. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and train ourselves I'm, to be great. We're going to be good. You I, know, I, and that's I, how I, I look at that. all this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's how yeah. I look at all this. Like, we can be the best if we, we just can. believe that we can be the best. And that's not some whole talented 10th thing. Hotep Twitter, do not at me. I will destroy your lives <laughs> on social media. Hotep but I'm just Twitter, saying, don't start. Like, don't start. See, don't, don't start. start. Right. Don't start. You know who you're talking to. But what I'm saying is that, like, if we believe in ourselves in the context of not everybody has to be a star or, like, I do this because I'm good at this. Do I love it at all times? Not going to lie, Todd, not necessarily. It ain't great all the time when somebody sticks a microphone in your face and you got to talk for everybody. That is not excellent for one's mental health. No. As a matter of fact, you're not always wrap on. this up right quick. Right. I, I mean, 2020, bruh, I am a different human being. Yeah. Never mind a different Black person yeah. after that. Things change. Yeah. Jay knows about that on a couple different levels. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, hold up. I got to really reevaluate and go back to fundamentals because that's what got me here in the first place. And to get back to baseball as a little side tie-in, I'm a professional. That's what baseball teaches you. Like that man. repetition so that your muscle memory and all that yeah. becomes second nature. 
so that when you really get tested, you don't do something wild because you've never been there before. Right. You know what I'm saying? You right. just stick to what you do because that's what got you there. And that for me is a lot about what being black is. Stay true to who you are. And if who you are is something that is confusing to you, don't be afraid to share that in the family. It's the problem comes when we be like, oh, this black person is not fully, fully realized as the walkest person on earth. Yeah. Like, okay, well then come on over. Yeah. Most the water feels good. We're going to figure of, it out. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's kind of where I'm at. You know it's what I'm saying? Truth. I got a big pool. Come on in. You know? Hey, listen, talk about it. Because most of us ain't woke. They, they say we are, but we really ain't. There's so much wokeness. The woke is just such a word now. So I'm going to use dog, don't, don't. don't. I can't. Right. I, right. I, I, I cannot do that. I'm just a throw up word. I, I'd rather take that word and just throw it down the toilet and flush Agreed. it. Agreed. Hope it never comes back. Because <laughs> they got a hold of it. That's the problem. The, the other side got a hold of it. And now it's like your wokeness. Everything is wokeness. You're wokeness and wokeness and i'm, just I'm like, touching a part of my hand that does not look like the other exactly side of my you hand. understand what i'm saying i said the other side i said the other side i'm not talking right. about all of them on the other side i'm talking about right. the other side we know who they are so you know what i mean it, it is what it is but you know see i'm gonna let you go man i know you gotta hop on a plane i'm coming going, back home going all back right home, going escobar back. season has returned but see, like, dog, dog, man, this is, listen, this has been, a, a, this has been a jewel. This has been a gem. This has been some love. I love you for this, brother. You know, I always appreciate you. I appreciate everything you do. Appreciate the example you're setting. You know what I mean? And I know my listeners as well and the family as well feel the same way. Like we all, we all got a journey, man. And you've never, you've never stopped moving on your journey. And I continue to appreciate it. I continue to embrace it. You know what I mean? And we, I know I know you got me like I got you, bro. Every day of the week, man. Every day. All day, man. I just want to say to your listeners as well, for those of you who think you just happen to be listening to a good show and a smart brother, incorrect. This Negro is really good at it. The verbals are something he's been about. Understand that. So when you get the thoughtfulness in terms of the topics discussed, in terms of the creativity and bringing people in, because I'll be listening in terms of just how you move around the microphone and keep the show going in and out, that shit ain't easy, okay? Just because it comes naturally doesn't mean it's not a skill. Yeah. Jay, you got that skill. That's why when you asked me, what should I be doing? I was like, go for it, my guy. You've been commanding these mics as far as I know, as long as I know you. Why would this be any different? So, my man, keep it up. <laughs> Bro, I, you know I appreciate that, man. I, of course, you know man. I appreciate that. Ty, you want to say something to him before you go, man? Uh, Mr. Clinton, it was an honor to meet you. Had this interview with you. Uh, just keep doing what you're doing, man. You're a great person. I'm trying, brother, and I appreciate that. So keep up the great work, y'all. And I got to go because I got to pack these clothes. I'm packing. Just so you know how it really works, I'm going to be on the road for 10 days, which means I'm packing dirty clothes because I just got off the road. All right? I got to wash them when I get there. If you want to know what the life that's is. That's just the way it is. I told you. You know you, know you be living the life. You know you be living right. the life. I don't know if you're going to slow down no time soon. He, he is on all the time, fam. All the time. But listen, we're going to let him go. We want to thank y'all for listening. To Jimmy Bond's podcast at Philadelphia Radio. Remember, you can call us with your comments and questions at 844-844-1244. Again, it's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at Jimmy Bond's podcast at gmail.com. Again, it's Jimmy Bond's podcast at gmail.com. That's J I M Y B O N D S. J I M Y. That sounds so good. You said it three times. Now I had to repeat it the third time. It's like when you listen to a track and you know the verse by the time that joke comes around, that's what we do. <laughs> podcast at gmail.com that's my boy remember family remember remember please 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 wash your hands practice social distancing and make sure that you wear a mask this thing ain't over we acting like it is but it's not if you're gonna get vaccinated go get vaccinated if you're not don't i'm not i'm not gonna hold it against you but family make sure you take care of yourself make sure you take care of your family because you never know when you get another chance to say goodbye to them or say i love you so we're gonna keep this moving family you listen to the jimmy bonds podcast at philadelphia radio i'm out
Fam, that's going to wrap the show. We want to thank you for listening to Jimmy Bond's podcast on Philadelphia Radio. We ask you to leave your comments and questions at 844-844-1244. Again, that's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. That's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. Now, remember, family, we are still in a COVID-19 pandemic, so please, please, please remember to wash your hands, wear a mask, and practice social distancing. Also, remember to take nothing for granted and value every opportunity you have with your friends, your family, and your loved ones. For in these times, every moment is sacred. So until the next episode, you can find me on Go Hope Road, screaming, stay up, don't sleep in your dreams. I'm Jimmy Bonds, and I'm out. Fight on. Come on. Fight on.